welcome to Inside Rugby League, the Rugby League podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line again today as usual is Peter Smith, the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer. Hi Peter. Hi Richard, how are you? I'm not too bad, thanks, are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, I hope everybody is uh, still safe and well and, and healthy and managing to cope physically and, and mentally and everything else during these uh, these difficult times. Certainly. Yes, I'm, I'm doing okay. I think like yourself, we've just both had a week off, although it was a very strange one. Uh, I think the main difference for me was that I didn't log on to the system, uh, but unfortunately I didn't really get anywhere or do anything. But as you say, the main thing is we're all safe and well and healthy and to echo your thoughts that thanks to everybody who's keeping us that way. Yeah, yeah, I would, uh, I'd underline that. Thanks to all the uh, the emergency services, everybody working in, in the health service shops, um, shops and, and things like that. Thank you for uh, for what you're doing for us. Indeed. Rugby league-wise, um, surprisingly, there's a, there's a little bit going on at the moment. Um, obviously, no no matches, but we've had one or two news stories this week. I think one of them, obviously, is uh, Callum Watkins' yeah. situation yeah. with him returning from um, returning from the NRL after a, a short and rather ill-fated spell at, um, at Gold Coast Titans. I, I think that's a shame. It is. Uh, un- understandable. He's come back for personal reasons, um, apparently. We understand he's, he's got an illness in the in the family. Um, he'll be very disappointed, I think, because he, he sort of set his heart on, on making a big impression out in Australia, and, and he's not really had a chance to do that. Eight appearances, um, and he's not really got back to the form he showed um, in previous seasons with Leeds. But uh, it looks like he's going to sign for Toronto Wolfpack um, for the rest of the Super League season possibly on a, a long-term deal. It'd be interesting right. to see how it goes. Very good signing for for, um, for Toronto. And I'll, I hope he can recover the form he showed earlier in his career because he's a terrific player and a, and a really good person as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was a surprise to me. It kind of slipped out, on, I think it was on Saturday morning I read it. Um, and obviously being quite keen, I think it's fair to say, through his career to try somewhere else after Leeds, hadn't he? And uh, yeah, but, you know that seemed an ideal, ideal move for him, set himself up for life, and also to kind of go over and test himself over there as Ryan Hall had done. Yeah, that's right. You want when you you don't really want to see a, a an exodus of talent from Super League to the NRL, obviously, because it it would weaken our competition. But when players go, you want them to do well. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of it, to show that that. The English competition is is a force to be reckoned with, and we do produce good players. Yeah. It's unfortunate that there haven't been too many who've gone over and made a real, really big success of it um, recently. I mean, obviously, people like James Graham, Sam Burgess, Gareth Ellis, um, the guys who are at Canberra at the moment have all done well, but a lot of players have gone over and not settled or got injured and, and come back um, much sooner than expected. Callum's in that category, um, but it would have been really interesting to see how how he could have gone if if the season had continued over there as planned, and he'd been able to get some games under his belt. And suddenly, had a, a very good pre-season, looked quite sharp 
at the start of the year for um, for Gold Coast. But he's just not had an opportunity to show um, to show what he can do. But Gold Coast's loss is, uh, is Toronto's gain. And uh, it'll be very strange to see him playing against Leeds at some stage yeah. this season. But um, we can just wish him wish him all the best. Yeah, and of course he'll be linking up with his old Leeds coach, Brian McDermott. And I think you touched on there about players leaving Super League, but at least when Callum left, he'd pretty much done everything that he could have done at Leeds. Uh, you know, he'd won everything, really, that there was on offer, hadn't he? And obviously he'd had a spell captain in the team. Yeah. And Brian knows him well, and I'm sure he'll he'll get the best out of him. And Yeah, there's, there's a little contingent of ex-Leeds players now at um, Toronto, which will which will help him settle in. Obviously, with Brad Singleton and uh, Anthony Mullally there as well. And let's face it, Toronto—they <laughs> need strengthening. The side um, has had a very tough start to the season in the last game in Super League before the um, before the the competition was shut down. Was that um, heavy defeat at Leeds? Yeah. Um, they need something to uh, to kickstart their year, and maybe. Callum coming in will do that, but we don't know when his debut will be, do we? It could be months, could be months away. Um, the way things are at the moment, nobody knows when Super League's going to return and, and in what format. No, I mean, it's it's getting quite worry, worrying, not just for Rugby League, but for Allsport. I think it's, it's this kind of juggling between making sure the players are okay unfortunately having to keep the crowds away and there being enough people available to stage the games, isn't it? You know, with the steward, well, not so much stewarding, but emergency services and other people that are required to keep the stadium open and so on. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's, just, real... it's very hard to see whichever way you try and move the pieces around the pod, that you can do that and keep everybody safe. And it's, yeah. and they're talking about this second wave now as well, which just adds to the, uh, logistic problems and the general problems for society. Yeah, a very difficult situation. I mean, it's looking increasingly like there'll perhaps be matches played um, behind closed doors when these lockdown restrictions are lifted or eased a little bit. Uh, I can't see mass gatherings are going to be permitted um, anytime soon. No. So the the question there is how, how do clubs... Make, make get any income out of games played behind closed doors. Yeah, so suggestions of maybe putting them on Sky on a pay per view basis, which um, which might work. I think one factor is that the sport wants to fulfil the um, wants to fill the fulfil the Sky Sports contract. Yeah, that's up to renewal soon, and um, and obviously they they want to give Sky what they've paid for. Um, so very very difficult. I mean, we've had the announcement this week that the Magic Weekend is postponed but not cancelled. They're yeah. still talking about including that in the calendar which when you, you think about the fixture pile-up we're going to get later in the year seems a bit strange. But again it's it's part of the Sky contract. Um, clubs need clubs need the income. Yeah. Um, reducing the length of the season is an obvious step to make to um, to give players um, to ease the pressure on players and to give them a, a, a lengthy rest in the pre-season before next year. But having said that, clubs can the clubs afford to lose three home fixtures each, which would 
be the case if the um, loop fixtures are scrapped. Uh, it, it looks like they can't afford to do that. Um, so it's it's just tricky. I don't, I don't know what the right solution is. Whatever happens, some noses are going to be um, put out of joint. But I think it's, it's a case of, I think it is a situation where it, the sport is fighting for its survival. It is, um, yeah. It's as serious as that. So any option that can keep the sport going is going to have to be considered. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe one way forward is is for the Spartan Sky, obviously, to sit down and to say to Sky, what exactly do you want from us in order that we can fulfil our obligations to you? You know, are, are you happy to show maybe three games a week that played behind closed doors and then let us, you know, show the others via, I don't know, a streaming website or via Sky's own website as, as a, you know, kind of behind the red button type of thing? Um, I think everything, literally everything, is being considered from, yeah. from what I can tell. But um, the fact, no firm decisions can be made until we know, or until we get some sort of restart date. Now, at the moment, that seems seems a long time away. Um, I mean, clubs certainly are feeling the pinch. Um, yeah. I know most of them are furloughed players and um, players and staff and pay cuts are being introduced at the moment across the board in, in Super League. That's obviously not ideal. No. Um, but it's no different to the to the any other industry, is it, really, that pay cuts are just becoming a part of life for I think for a lot of people, not just in, in sports. Um, but it, it shows it shows the extent of the problem facing the sport. Um, just as I say it is a fight for survival clubs have got no income so they're having to reduce costs um, and the, the doubt is when, when the sport does resume are they going to be able to resume in front of paying supporters to generate that income it doesn't look like it at the moment does it so no, so no I'm quite sure where also uh, where they're going to go next I think I think the key thing has got to be to get through this season somehow and to the end of, of the year with all the clubs still in place, all 12 Super League yeah. clubs um, and the clubs in the low divisions still up and functioning and everybody in, in employment. Um, obviously decisions are going to have to be made about relegation and promotion and things like that but um, just, just getting to the end of this season intact is, is the main objective. Yeah, I think just read an interview with Chris Chester, the Wakefield Trinity coach, and he was saying that, you know, that obviously Trinity are going to take a 20% pay cut across the board and, you know, really to help the club survive, there's no money coming in and it can't all keep going out. You know, some of it has to be sacrificed in order to keep some kind of thing going while there is no action. And I think... That, yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, no, nobody wants... Clubs don't want to impose pay cuts and obviously players and staff don't want to take them but I'm not sure what the alternative no, it's... is really I mean I don't know what what will happen if players refuse to take the pay cuts um, ones I've spoken to obviously not everybody in the game but ones I've spoken to are, are broadly supportive of it and say well it's just it's just something that we're going to have to deal with yes, um, and we'll do what we can to keep keep the club going but um, 
it'd certainly be a difficult position for everybody if, if some players decide, well, they can't afford to take the cuts, which may be the case. And you might say, well, they're on, they're on, they're well paid. But if your if your mortgage is based on a certain income and then you're not getting that income, you're in trouble. Whether yes. whether you're on a lot of money or, or not. Yes. So um, every sympathy for for the players and for anybody who's who's facing a, a pay cut. But um, quite what would happen if 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 a player left the club because he didn't want to take the take the pay cut? I, I don't know. There's there's not really going to be a realistic possibility of finding another club, is there? So I, I think most most players will probably um, accept it and, and realise that these are exceptional times and, and just um, just try and get through it. Yeah. I think Luke Gale, in his column in the EP last week, he was saying that the players, you know, at Leeds and the ones he'd spoken to in general were happy to keep playing... Uh, sorry to take a pay cut while they weren't playing, but once they went back to playing, you know, they would expect the money to be restored because as far as he viewed it, they would be fulfilling the Sky contracts and so on again and their side of the playing contract. Mm. Yeah, totally, totally understandable, Uh, yeah. And as you say, everybody, not just rugby players, me, myself, anybody, we all live up to our means, don't we? We all all expect or, or live our lives that we are going to have a job and be paid. Um, and and for for a lot of us today, there isn't a plan B because it's not just not possible. You know, there's there's so many outgoings, and I'm not talking about luxury things. I'm just talking about general living. You know, and to suddenly have a huge chunk of that taken away makes it difficult. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I you think... know, I have full sympathy with the with the players as well. But as you say. In the Absolutely. short term, it's, it's, it's about it's the long the term, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just the players, is it? It's staff and people in marketing and, and people who work for the club's hospitality departments and yeah. and people like that. It's it's um, it's people across the board involved in the sport. And, um, yeah, it's, it's very worrying. I, I, I know the rugby league are in, in touch with the government talking about um, what the government can do to help the sport, but obviously there's going to be a very long queue of, of industries and, and businesses wanting um, wanting sport over the next uh, few months and possibly years. So it will be interesting to see what uh, to see what happens. I don't suppose rugby league will be at the front of the queue, but um, yeah, worrying times. It is indeed. Yeah, I mean. I think it's the not knowing, isn't it? That old cliche, the not knowing, that's that, that's the problem. And then even when they do come back, they may have to have a two or three week spell where they just, I don't know, play an odd trial match or, you know, get reconditioned to play again, of course. They can't, you can't expect players to suddenly go hell for leather on Friday night if you tell them the previous Monday that it's okay to start playing again, can you? You know, it's just not possible, particularly yeah, a game not- like rugby league. That's another factor. I, I think the the players and coaches I've spoken to uh, would like a, a couple of weeks. I don't think they they're fairly confident they could um, they could get back into action without sort of a, a, a long preseason. But I think they'd they'd like sort of certainly a couple of weeks notice yeah. at least. Um, but again, well, it may get to a stage where there just isn't time isn't time to do that. If um, if we're still trying to get a full twenty nine round um, 
round season in. I wonder if maybe one option might be perhaps to play the Challenge Cup straight off when um, when the sport's clear to resume. Then obviously um, teams that get in that or get knocked out of that would would have a little bit of extra preparation time. But again, yeah. that's not ideal, is it? No, no. I mean, well, I know we've spoken a few times on here about getting rid of the Challenge Cup altogether and the loop fixtures. And I suppose it, my own personal view still is that whichever sport it is that hasn't already cancelled itself or be, or you know, or had the results expunged should try and finish this campaign and then worry about the next campaign whenever that might be. Yeah. Um, the- um, talking to Gary Hetherington at Leeds, he's been quoted in the Evening Post this week saying that the, there is a commitment from the RFL and Super League to play the full 29 games in, and the, plus the Challenge Cup. And right. obviously that's, you know, the, they've got broadcast agreements, season ticket holders to consider, sponsors, things like that. Yeah. The pressure is, is on them to, um, is on them to, to do that. Um, then obviously there's, there's going to be a knock-on effect on, on next season which is a, a World Cup year, it's going to be very difficult to get 29 rounds in next year, isn't it? If the, if this season runs until, say, December, which Gary Hetherington seems to think is is a real possibility. Yeah. Um, the 2020 season started in January. You can't see 2021 starting in January if, after a, a December finish, can you? So maybe... Perhaps they'll go with 29 rounds this year and, and maybe knock the loop fixtures on the head next year. Yeah. That might make more sense. Um, obviously, people, when they buy the season tickets for next year, will know that that's what they're getting. They're getting um, 11 home games rather than um, than 14. But um, we'll just have to, have to wait and see. Mm. I think if... Um, I think one of the ideas for the if if matches were to be played behind closed doors, if they could be live streamed or something, perhaps if if season ticket holders could either get the, the stream for nothing or um, for a reduced rate, that will at least give them something yeah. for the money. People have people have forked out, haven't they, for fourteen home games? Yes, and um, and that's what at the start of the year they expected to get, and and it doesn't look like one way or other they're going to get that. This no. year there may be fourteen home games, but but not all of them are going to be with a with a crowd by the look of it. No, and you you can't see many clubs being rich enough to be able to refund people anyway. You know, if if they wanted a refund, or as you said the other week, or alternatively, people saying, "Well, you know, keep my money," you know, because yeah. uh, you know I'm all right because you know a lot of people won't be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the concern, isn't it? People people have got to look after their own finances as well. They may not just simply may not be able to afford to to just give away um, give away money to clubs. But um, say so we just don't know, do we? Until until we find out when the sports coming back and under what format. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to to um, to comment on it really. Yeah, and well, the other thing that struck me when we were chatting about the Magic Weekend and whether that could still go ahead, of course, is if the football season gets pushed back, uh, you know, demand on the venue and so on, you know, that the, you know, it might not be able to be played in Newcastle or moved anywhere else for that matter. Uh, you know, well, that's another, that's and, another and thing. D- that, ditto with, also, 
Sorry, there's also the, the grand, grand final, final Challenge yeah. Cup final. Where they're going to play those? What's going to happen to the Ashes series? I can't see that that going ahead. No. Um, yeah, really, really difficult um, decisions to to be made. And as I said earlier, some people are going to be upset about whatever is decided. But you know, it, I think the interests of the game and, and the people involved in it have to be paramount. Yeah, maybe with the Ashes, just a, a daft thought, but maybe they could uh, do like the old traditional touring where the touring side comes over while the, the season's still on. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the, the British squad sit out for, for a month and play in the internationals in the interest of the game and morale, as it were, you know. Yeah, possibly. But, yeah, but then so. would the Australians come or would they be like, you know, again, it's all wood, 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 but... They might yeah. not be allowed to travel even still at that stage. Yeah, exactly. It depends yeah. on when the NRL's going to finish. I mean, they're, they're hoping to restart next month. But whether that happens or not, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. The situation in Australia is a little bit different to here, isn't it? But, yes. Um, it's still all, all very uncertain. I don't think Super League clubs would be too keen on being told they couldn't select the best players Come, um, come the business end of the season. Either I'm not sure that will go down too well. No, no, it's uh, be be interesting anyway to see. And I think really that at that stage, Peter, that's probably about it for this week. Um, as you say, there's not there's been a bit going on off the field. Sadly, still nothing going on on the field. Mm. Um, all we can keep doing is is hoping for some kind of change and some positive news in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, um, exactly. As we say each time, uh, you know, you can keep in touch with the very latest, either through Peter's Twitter account at Peter Smith YEP or myself at Richard Byron YEP and our websites and uh, other Twitter accounts as well. Thank you.